the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast and uh, excited for another week of combat sports. And we're going to have a little intro. I did actually... We should have gone over this, but uh, did Joe give us a new intro? No, that's we got a new no. intro coming. Yeah, we're we're working on some new things for you. Producer Joe's been hard at work. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, well, in the meantime, we got a regular ass intro. You're gonna deal with that, but we got a new one coming soon. Enjoy, guys. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. folks we're back and chevy tell people we got coming up all right november 26th we will be previewing the 2022 pfl championships that'll be their first pay-per-view then december 3rd 
We're moving on to UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Holland. And then December 10th, we're already at the next UFC pay-per-view, 282, Prochaska versus Teixeira 2. Yeah, could be a good month for the camp of uh, Glover there. Yeah, really, yep. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, our our new segment, What's Around the Ring. Um, So the first pay-per-view for the PFL, they announced the price point, and it's going to be $49.99 as opposed to the UFC $74.99. What do you think about that uh, price for the card we're going to be getting? Sounds reasonable. Sounds fair. Um, Sounds what you probably could expect. I have a different mindset than maybe some people. Again, I don't know how much I don't have access to their figures. I don't know how much money they need to make. I'm always of the premise, especially if you're giving people something different and you want them to invest in it, go cheap as you can, get to see as many and get more buys, and hopefully you put on a good product and they enjoy it. MMA is a little unpredictable, too. too. You never know what kind of night you're going to have. So this is probably the most reasonable uh, price they could come up with. Like if UFC is doing 75, I think it is now, with everything, then, you know, 49 is too bad. Right. And this is a card full of championship fights as well. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask for that. I, I might even be willing to pay for it and, and watch it. So seeing as how there's no UFC on and I, and I am a fan of PFL, I'll probably get the card. So. Yeah. Another fight happening this weekend that we haven't talked about coming up was uh, supposed to be Vitor Belfort versus Hasim Rahman Jr. in a boxing match. Uh, Belfort has pulled out um, undisclosed reasons and he's being replaced by Greg Hardy, former UFC <laughs> contender Greg Hardy. How do you see this one going on Greg Hardy's second pro boxing fight? Second pro boxing fight. And how many fights has, has, she, has he been in boxing for a while? I believe he's 12 and 0. Okay. Probably not well for Greg then. You know, you it, talk it's to- a four round fight also. That mm. that does make a difference. Sure. Um, well, I mean, I think Greg Hardy's chance here is probably going to be like almost his MMA career. He's going to be explosive in the beginning. You know, uh, I don't know. My gut tells me this is probably not going to go well, though. Like, you know, I, I really think the interesting thing about the Greg Hardy experiment in MMA and even boxing to a point is you're seeing a world class athlete, you know, who's got good work ethic, you know, who can be explosive, but you're putting them in a completely different animal. And it shows what people should already know. Like, if they watch when M- MMA fighters try to box or when boxers try to do MMA, that you may have a little bit of success here and there, but usually it's just not going to, you're not going to have that same level of success, which we'll get into later, which I think makes really spectacular when you have somebody like an Alex Pereira um, and, and granted, you know, hot shot and you may, but still being able to pull that off in this environment, a Holly home, you know, people that are able to do championships in multiple combat, cat, uh, combat, combat sports, and I mean, I, it's really super impressive when you think about it. Right. Athleticism is just one part of the sport. Technical ability is something that needs to be learned over time and a lot of time. So you can't just be an athlete and come in and you can compete, but you can't dominate at the highest level for sure. 
No. Well, again, and too, like, and I mentioned those guys, you really got to include Stylebender, who actually did it the long way, and he had plenty of fights, and he, you can even see he got good on the ground at times, too. Right. He, wor- he worked on grappling for a while while he was still a kickboxer before he came yeah. over to MMA. Yeah. yeah. Long way of saying, I just don't think it's going to work well for Hardy, and I think um, it it's the exceptional ones who are able to pull off dual sports success. Right, I would say he has a puncher's chance for sure. sure. We're going to move on to our last news segment. Very sad. Anthony Uh, Rumble Johnson passed away at the age of 38. Um, He had some sort of, I believe, an autoimmune disorder or something. Crazy. Um, Yeah, we kind of saw online, you know, his giant physique wither. And uh, yeah, he was in bad shape. And unfortunately... Uh, you know, we lost a great champion of our sport. Yeah, uh, real shame. And uh, definitely shows your life is short. And uh, yeah, to see a, a guy who's such a physical specimen. I saw the first time I saw him fight when I was getting an MMA, he had missed weight at middleweight against Vitor Belfort after I guess struggling a bunch of times at welterweight, which God knows how that man ever made uh, welterweight. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, this guy's explosive. And I, I knew they let him go. And I remember following his career a little bit. This I was interested because World Series of Fighting was this starting out the precursor. And he was fighting at light heavyweight and he was doing well. And he took a heavyweight fight of Avaloski. And I remember somebody asked Dana White about him. And uh, Dana's like, isn't it like uh, he had heavyweight now? And, you know, and Anthony Rumble Johnson's like, no, no, I'm a light heavyweight, you know. And he's like, that's where we're at now. And, um, you know, he's doing what he did well. And he ended up having quite a run in the UFC after that, too. And it would have been an interesting matchup of him against John Jones with that power. We never got it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, real sad story, though. One of the truly fun fighters to watch. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into the UFC 281 card. So we don't need to talk about all these fights. It was a great card from beginning to end, but just to highlight a couple prelims here, Michael Trezano got a great KO over Sungwoo Choi. Uh, he was very amped up with the crowd. He's a New Jersey kid, so he's super hyped in MSG. Uh, Carolina got a close decision. Um, there was a little bit of controversy. The commission was in the cage oh, yeah. changing the scorecards right before uh, Bruce Buffer was announcing them. I think ultimately they got the right decision. It was a close fight, but I'm glad they sorted it out and made sure that it was correct before Bruce announced it. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield rolled through Molly McCain. Uh, mm. If people didn't know who she was, they definitely know who she is now. Uh, she's a big problem for the division in the future. She's a great, great prospect. She also beat Miranda Maverick, who we're both very high on too. So definitely want to keep an eye out for. She's also very young. I think she's like 22 or 23. So great win for her. Ryan Spann. Yep. Put Dominic Reyes out bad again. Um, We talked about this. We actually called this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is what we were worried about happening for Dominic. It, it's not a great matchup uh, for him and, you know, good on Ryan Spann, but I feel bad for Dominic Reyes. I'm not sure what's next for him. You know, he, it's tough. I know he's at a higher weight division. You get a little bit more leniency up there, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he got cut or maybe he gets one more. And mm-hmm. it, even if he does, 
he gets a win but doesn't look right, he might get cut. So we'll move on to the main card here. Yes. Uh, Dan Hooker gets a second round TKO versus Claudio Pules. Did you see this one? Absolutely. Uh, impressive. I mean, I thought Claudio, I think me and you both thought Claudio is just such a good all around fighter. He's on the way up. He's so good on the ground and he's good on the feet. But Hooker ended up being so much better on the feet and being good enough on the ground that, you know, he was able to get out of tough situations and avoid them. Uh, I was super impressed with Dan Hooker. And uh, I'm going to do that thing I could do with you once in a while, too. I will throw a a possible mashup here and there. Uh, You can give your thoughts about the fight as well. But uh, Hooker versus RDA next, maybe. Yeah, that's a good matchup. A uh, lot of grappling for Dan Hooker, though. I mean, yeah. I don't think I can't imagine he's ever turned down a fight. So I'm sure he would be wow. down for that. I bet RDA would be down for that as well. Uh, fun fight, tough matchup for Hooker, I think, though. Mm-hmm. As far as the Pulas fight, um, I think the moment maybe just got to pull us a little bit. I, you could tell during the announcements, uh, buffer announcing them and stuff. He, he didn't look quite right. Um, but Dan did everything correctly to get the win. He survived that early leg lock, um, that pool had him in, in the first round, which mm-hmm. I thought it was all over there, Yeah, uh, but he survived. And then he kept the fight where pool was uncomfortable on the feet. Uh, obviously, Pulas wanted on the ground. He was diving for Iminari rolls and scooting on his butt. And my wife loved every second when she thought it was great. But uh, <laughs> uh, I- I'm just glad that Dan got the win and and by finish also. You know, a body body kick TKO, great for him. So he was very excited afterwards as well. Bit of a yep. weird post fight yes. press con- or post fight interview, but the guy was hyped up, so he can't fault him too much. <laughs> All right, move on to another sad piece of news, which we kind of saw coming. Yep. Chris Gutierrez, round one KO, flying knee versus Frankie Edgar. What can you say? Uh, it was also one of those fights where Frankie's just made that uh, you know thing before, too, where he gets caught sometimes going in for those takedowns. And I think it's just probably him being a step slower. And, um, you know, great win for Chris. But where does he truly rank after a performance like this? It's kind of hard to tell with Frankie being on the decline. We'll see, but great moment for him. Uh, and I'd like to see him fight next. Uh, either Song Ledong or Ricky Simone or a couple guys I'd like to see. Yeah, those are two great matchups for him, I think, too. So uh, I agree. You know, first of all, I-, I said if Frankie didn't win, there is no MMA God. So there <laughs> is no MMA God. Nope. Or if there is one, they are malevolent. So, uh, yeah. you know, just fuck us, I guess. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is equal parts of Frankie being a step slower with his age. And there just being so much tape on him with his mannerisms and, and tendencies and everything. And then just the greatness that is Chris Gutierrez. Uh, I do. I am a believer and his skills for sure. Uh, I think he's a real problem for a very stacked division at Bantamweight. So, you know, time will tell. We'll see. Those are a couple of great matchups I'd love to see going forward for him. Yeah. So. And one thing added to about Frankie, somebody brought up a great point I heard on another podcast. Uh, I think it was the post podcast. Frankie was the former light heavyweight champion at a time when nobody really lightweight. was. Lightweight. 
lightweight, lightweight not lightweight heavyweight. Yeah. Yes, that's no. a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So, but at a time when UFC was more focused on heavyweights and you know didn't have it really a stack lightweight. You know, Frankie was outsized by a lot of these guys. But he did beat BJ Penn though. So he did. He yeah. was a skilled, skilled fighter in his time. He was, and you know, Frankie was a lightweight champion for a while. Had some great matches with Gray Maynard, and then he went on to featherweight. And someone put up a good point. He doesn't really get the credit he deserves for this because he was basically the number one, number two contender the whole time. But he happened to be in a division at the same time. There was a Jose Aldo. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, I agree. He's an absolute legend. You could tell everyone. I've never seen reactions in the crowd after a fighter gets knocked out where everyone was disappointed. Even Chris Gutierrez was in tears. Um, So, uh, yeah, we love Frankie. Everyone loves Frankie. And, uh, tough to see him go out that way but unfortunately that's the way these legends go out all the time that's what dc was saying so yeah uh we love frankie hope he you know does great things going forward we move on to what i thought would probably be fight of the night it for sure was it's Mm -hmm. a fight of the year contender uh dustin poirier rear naked choke submission in round three versus michael chandler what a fight I mean, what else do you say? Uh, I, this is one where I did pick Chandler. I thought because Chandler's explosiveness would be the difference, and Dustin's been in so many wars himself. Um, what we learn, at least so far, Dustin is still durable. <laughs> he is not. You know, he took all that, and then he turned it on. And then Chandler, being the smart guy that he is, you know, strategic, in round two, he bounced back with his wrestling. Got his wrestling in there. And then round three, there's Dustin being an all-around great, you know, like you said, maybe a little more technical last week. Got his submission, you know, and got the choke, and he was able to pull it off. So impressive, this kind of victory, when you're dealing with the elite, you're getting in trouble, and then you're dealing with an opponent who finds another way to put you in danger, and then it's just this chess matchup, and it was something to watch. Um, super impressive in Poirier in the sense that I, I was worried that, you know, he had been in so many battles that maybe his time was coming up. I don't think so after this performance. Um, I think uh, I heard somebody mention uh, to him at the press conference, maybe uh, Benil Dariush next for him. And he says it's a great matchup. It probably makes the most sense. And Dariush deserves a tough matchup. So I'm down for that fight. Yeah, as far as the Chandler fight, it's exactly what I was hoping for when I saw these two got matched up. Mm-hmm. Uh I love both guys. Uh, it was a great fight. Couldn't have asked for anything different. Uh, I, neither guy allows a fight to be boring ever. So um, we should just appreciate both these guys while we still have them around for sure. As far as the matchup with Dariush, um, I agree with you. I don't think Dustin is done by any means. Um, Dariush is a tough matchup uh, on the ground for sure. Um, they both have the same willingness to get into a gunfight, though. So it really could be either guys. And similar to Michael Chandler, Dariush will throw a little bit uh, wider punches. And mm. Dustin will throw the straight punches that will land first. So could see something similar Yeah, the Chandler fight. So good matchmaking if, if we see that one. Move on to the strawweight women's title fight. Zhang Weili, rear naked choke submission, round two versus Carla Esparza. You know, it's uh, probably insulting a little bit. I don't mean it to be. 
I was actually impressed with Esparza. <laughs> like, I thought this is kind of what I expected, but um, she did. Uh, and not that I didn't think she would. Her grappling's her strong point, but Zhang, I just thought was so much stronger. I thought she would, and she eventually did. Um, but like, you know, Esparza was definitely uh, doing very well, and uh, not very well. No, that's probably not fair. But she was doing better. Than I thought in some of those exchanges where I thought she could pull it off. But mo- overall. Uh, very convincing victory for Wei Zhang, um, who was better on the feet as we knew she would be, and she was super strong in the grappling department as well. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what's next for uh, Wei Zhang. I mean, you got now Rose is back in title contention. You got, uh, I was thinking, I'd like to see Andraz next, Jessica Andraz, just because she had that finish over Lemos. I know Lemos outranks her for some reason. I don't know why because it's like that fight did happen um but any of those matchups would be great yeah so whaley was just stronger and faster like we knew she would be i agree with you i carla came ready to for this fight for sure she you know she did everything that she could do um zang was just the better fighter that night so Respect to Carla for sure, but I, I think Whaley might have this belt for a while. I think now that she's improved her wrestling, it's tough to say that anyone is a favorite over her, even Rose. So um, I'm not sure who the next matchup is, but I would favor Whaley in all those fights. I think she's still getting better. Um, mm-hmm. She's just so powerful, so fast, dangerous everywhere. Um, I love that, you know, she's been working on her English and uh, she wanted to do the pro, the post fight interview in English, and she just loves the fans, and she's really getting the love from the fans now too. So, uh, I'm a big fan of her for sure. So, move on to the main event: Alex Pereira TKO round five versus Israel Adesanya for the middleweight men's title. If ever there was a different uh, a definition of styles makes fight. Fights. This was it. And we talked about this going into this, too. Um, I still thought Izzy's overall experience in MMA would have been the difference. And I mean, and I did say I thought he might make it more difficult than he had to on himself. Uh, you look at that first round, though. Izzy almost finishes him. But Perry gets saved by the bell because it's towards the end. And then it really, after that, uh, I know Izzy was on a scorecard, three to one going in that last round. But if you look at that whole fight, I remember saying to my friend who I was watching it with, I'm watching two guys that I feel could at any moment, either one of them could take each other out. It was just the highest level of striking. Um, I thought Izzy had some success, uh, you know, would take that. He did that one takedown and I know he tried maybe another time and got shut down, but I, I think he was too easy to give up on the takedown. This is a fan watching. I thought, man, if he used a little bit more of his ground attack, like especially in that fifth round, like I, I don't know. I think we'd be looking at a different fight. That being said, credit to Pajara too, because I also feel like, you know, his training with Glover, he does keep showing up more improved each time. But uh I think we got a vulnerable champion here. Um, I think he's he's talented. He's gonna be, but I don't necessarily favor him against Stylebender, although I think he's a great matchup. But like, I don't know who he's gonna face next. But you look at Stylebender, yep, that's probably the guy he matches up best with. Because other than that, you're looking at guys with Whitaker, um, 
I mean, I don't know. I saw a top five in there. I think like number five was like Brunson or something. And I thought even Brunson was a tough matchup because Brunson, Brunson has, dominates him. Yeah, Brunson has this takedown. I was thinking that too. Like, and then you got Hazmat Shemaev at welterweight who has fought at middleweight too. If he wanted to jump up, if they want to do something like that, you know. Now the funny thing is though, when you give this guy style, I'll paint a scenario out here for you too. Though at the same time, because of his striking ability, if Glover or something got hurt in a couple of weeks. And Alex Pereira wanted to slip in there and fight Prohaska. He has the striking ability to actually be a double champ. And, and the size. He's absolutely enormous. He's huge. Yeah, he looks so much bigger than Izzy. He's so, way bigger than Glover. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's an interesting competitor in the sense what he brings to the table is really good, but his weaknesses are glaring. Uh, I say enjoy your run while you can, and he's fun to watch, but uh, he's going to have to keep improving. Uh, so Izzy was doing pretty well, but I cringed every time he got backed up against the cage. Yes. Um, uh, ultimately, he survived to the fifth round. But um, I mean, I'm no expert in fighting, but, it, you know, I just think that his team should have been forcing more urgency into him to get his back off the cage because that was the only time he was getting touched up. Right. Um, and that was when Alex would really start unloading and ultimately that's what how he got caught he was stuck with his back on the cage nowhere to go to wasn't using his lateral movement enough um i I assume his team figures that out i also would assume that because he was the champion for so long and cleared out most of the division so much so that they had to rush a seven and oh or seven and one fighter or whatever he Mm -hmm. is to a title fight to make something exciting Uh, I, i assume he'll get a rematch but yeah, if he doesn't, uh, you know, I say give Bo Nickel a shot. You know, no, <laughs> I'm just just kidding. He's not gonna get. A shot. He doesn't even have a UFC fight yet. But oh. matchup wise, I'd favor Bo Nickel in that fight. Tell you what, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Everyone that can grapple is is hoping that Alex uh, stays as the champ because they all favor themselves over him for sure. So, right. all right. Yeah, that was a excellent, excellent fight card for sure. Um, everything that we hoped it would be when those fights got announced. So move on to another possibly excellent card, flying under the radar a little bit. This is UFC Fight Night, Derek Lewis versus Ser- Sergey Spivak. It's a 4 p.m. Eastern card early in the Apex. A uh, couple prelims. I won't go over all the fights, but just a couple fighters to keep an eye out for. Uh, Ricky Tercio, uh, he was a tough winner. Uh, He had a terrible fight last July versus uh, Eamon Zahabi, where he was like stomping on the floor of the cage and like waving his hands around and like throwing spinning elbows and stuff that were nowhere near touching their opponents. But he is an exciting fighter to watch. good traditional um, martial arts style with lots of kicks and all that. So someone to keep an eye out for. Hopefully this fight is a little bit better than the last one. Jennifer Maya is fighting on, on the prelims um, and then Charles Johnson's fighting on the prelims. Those are just a few names on the prelims to keep an eye out for, but let's get right into the main event. Absolutely. Oh, I will say this too for Randy. I was getting the comments. I just personally, that was my favorite fight card of the year too. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, but uh, that that one was definitely top, top three uh, without even thinking about it. You know, that one's definitely top three for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to this card. All right, main card. Uh, starting off the card, Jack Della Maddalena versus Danny Roberts. Yeah. Uh, Danny Roberts, 18 and 6. Uh, what I noticed that jumped off about Danny Roberts, though, inactivity. He fought once this year. He only fought once last year. And before that, it was 2019. Um, he was Jack in England, Del- which was tough to get out of right. fights, too. You know, Leon Edwards had a similar issue. So I was wondering that. Yeah. Jack Della, he's 12 and 2, 10 KOs, one sub. Uh, he's. Lost his first two fights, and now he's won 12 in a row. So mentally strong, I always like to say when I see that. And the guy likes to finish. Uh, I got Jack Daya. Uh, I'm going to say he gets a finish round two. Yeah, Jack is just super aggressive. That usually ends in a KO for him. I see it going that way again, as I don't believe Roberts can stop him from coming forward with any of his shots. Um I, I think he just gets kind of run over. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jack round one KO. So we'll move on. Andre Fiajo versus Muslim Selekov. Mm. Um, it's a couple tough names. Yeah, that's why that's what we got you here. Muslim, uh, 18 and three, 12 KOs, two subs, four decision. He's won five of his last, last six coming off a loss to uh, the leech, by the way. So mm-hmm. not no shame in that. Right. And then Andre, he's 16, 5 and 1, 13 KOs, one sub. So uh, you got a couple finishers here. Um, uh, the fact that Muslim only has that loss to the leech right now, uh, recently, uh, that says a lot to me. So I think I'm going to pick him, but Andre's tough. I'll say this actually goes the distance, though. So Muslim by decision. So I. This fight card is set up very well for us to get a lot of finishes. It's a lot of big guys. I believe welterweight is the lowest weight class on this mm-hmm. main card. Um, it's inside the apex, smaller octagon, which oh, yeah. you know possibly forces action because there's nowhere to run to. So uh, I think with that in mind, this is good matchmaking. This fight is flying under the radar a little bit with some of these bigger guys on the card. Uh, but both these guys figure themselves gunslingers. It's one of those uh, when you get touched, you have to give one back no matter what kind of thing, which forces a war. So I think we could get a quick war. Uh, I'll say Muslim gets a round two KO, but either guy could win for sure. So let's move on. Chase Sherman versus hmm. Waldo Cortez Acosta. This one, Chase Sherman had a matchup against Jared Venata. Yeah. Uh, last weekend or the week before i don't remember exactly but jared had a a heart issue in the fight the fight got pulled the night before so chase uh found himself a new matchup quickly yeah uh waldo also known as salsa boy was his nickname too so that was we all love salsa salsa yeah his so, the dancing salsa though <laughs> chase we've mentioned this recently former bare knuckle champion uh 16 and 10 15 ko's uh, but he's lost four out of his last five too. So, you know, but he's always, he's just one of those guys. I think he's always comes ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waldo though, he's eight and oh, four KOs, one sub, three decisions. He won on the contender series and he won his first UFC fight. Uh, to me, this sounds like a prospect that they're hoping to push. 
So I'll take Waldo Couture's here. This is a heavyweight fight. They're probably going to have to bring it. So I'll say he gets it done. Um, probably with a TKO with some ground and pound. I'll say round two. So I think Chase will use his experience and he's going to throw feints. And mm. when once Waldo bites on a couple of those, Chase will start to tag him. Um, plus, Waldo is very susceptible to leg kicks, so Chase might want to work a few of those in. But in reality, this one is whoever lands the first big shot right. is probably going to win because both these guys are so powerful. Um, I'm going to say Chase. I'll say round one. Chase KO. Lots of finishes on this card. Okay. Kennedy Ncheku is uh, fighting Ian Kutalaba. All right. Kennedy, 10 and 3. Uh, he won his last fight, but he's lost two out of his last three. Mm-hmm. And Kutalaba, he's 16 and 1. But uh, if you look at his record, too, he's lost two in a row. And his last six fights, he's won four and one. So he's a guy that likes to swing and bang, but you know I just don't think it's working out for him in a lot of fights. I like Kennedy here, round two, TKO. So Kenneth Kennedy is another athletic, powerful striker, and Kudalaba fancies himself a striker also with all the KOs on his record, but he does have the ability to wrestle, um, definitely at a higher level than Kennedy. So I think he really needs the win. And uh, he will use his wrestling to at least tire Kennedy out a bit and then maybe do some striking. But I'll say Kudalaba by decision because there's no way we're getting all finishes on this card. So I'll say Kudalaba by decision. So move on to the main event. Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. All right. Derek Lewis, he's a legend. He's 26-10-1. But uh, important to know without even going on, he's got the most knockouts in UFC history. So, like, that's the kind of slugger he is. Uh, Spivak, he's 15 and three, seven KOs, six subs, a little more well rounded. Um, I don't know. You know, with Derek, it's just sometimes like that feeling, you know? And I feel like he, he's due for a win here. And I feel like he's still going to be a problem. I don't think he's going away yet, even though I don't think he's going to be anywhere near in title contention again in his career. But uh, I think he gets it done here. I think he's going to. Pull off a classic Derek Lewis. He's probably going to be losing this fight, and then he's going to manage to catch him. I'm going to say, I even say it'll be a little later. I'll say round three, but he's going to catch him, and it's going to be a knockout. Well, I hope that you're right, but that's not how I see it going. Uh, <laughs> we all know the Black Beast, and uh, we know what he can do. With that being said, I'm not sure if he really wants to be in there anymore. He <laughs> was never actually a giant fan of fighting, he just likes getting paid. Um, and it seems like he's doing pretty well at this point. Um, you know, he has had a tough few fights, you know, he goes home and his kids make fun of him when he gets beat up. So he doesn't want to be dealing with that shit anymore. I wonder if his heart's in it enough to Mm. fight a savage like Spivak, um, especially with his grappling ability. I I think it's going to be a tough night in the office for Derek Lewis. Obviously you can never count him out. Um, ask Volkov four seconds left or something like that. He got KO'd. So he always has that ability, especially if somebody's willing to engage with him, which Spivak will be. Uh, He's super dangerous. But um, if if he doesn't mind his P's and Q's, he'll go to sleep for sure. So uh, 
with that being said, I'm going to go with Spivak. Been going back and forth on this one. So I'm going to go with Spivak TKO round three when Derek slows down a bit. I'll say, you know, he'll mm-hmm. get a couple takedowns or even just clinch and wear on him and tire him out. And he'll just beat him up, eventually land something and get a TKO. So sweet. All right. So uh, that's what we think, folks. We'll see uh, how the fights make out this weekend. It's a nice early show. I'm not going to be able to see it. I'll be in New Jersey uh, going to AEW full gear. But uh, we'll talk about it next week. I'll try to see what I can. But, uh, yeah, tell me what we got coming up. All right. November 26th, we'll be previewing the 2022 PFL Championships, their first pay-per-view. December 3rd, we'll be previewing USC Fight Night Thompson versus Holland. Very exciting fight. Mm. And December 10th, we'll be previewing USC 282 Prochaska versus Teixeira 2. We might even be uh, at a Bellator show um, the night before, I believe, too. Yeah, we're we're trying. We're trying. (laughs) All right, folks. uh, That's going to be it this week. UFC 281 was a banger. Look forward to the fights this weekend. As always, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every